Spider step outside a dark and sullen cave, both of them armed with giant swords and axes and other sort of fantasy weaponry as they get ready to engage on an epic quest when one turns to the other and says, Ryan, you know, it's really hot out here. Like, do you want to go back into the cave? And and the other says, I tell you, the, the human X is up like plus 30. We're, we're, we're hitting close to 40 here. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Let's, let's go back. Let's go back. And so they went back into the cave and they recorded a podcast and said, screw adventuring. And those two men, one was I, Crofton Steers. And with me, as always, is Ryan Murphy. It's Welcome, true. Ryan. It's bloody hot out. Uh, we're probably going to talk about it because it's so hot. And I was sleeping during a thunderstorm. And I was like, oh, I missed it. But and, and so Canadians, Ryan, I yep. think we we have this weird uh, relationship with heat. Whereas uh, if we ever complain about it, <laughs> um, somebody uh, will normally remind us often on social media that it is winter uh, 11 months of the year and uh, we should just enjoy it. And uh, I would say that I try to do that as much as possible. I hope you do, too. Oh yeah, I mean, I I get out there in 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 fits and spurts, and and I have some you know dungeons or sorry diapers content to talk about in terms of the heat. But you know, you're right. Like uh, when it's really hot, and we complain it's hot, and we complain we're sweating, and we complain we want to go outside, and we complain to the kids we want to go inside, and we're told winter is coming and we say yeah right he's not going to write that book i'm pretty sure he's not going to write that book and then they don't know what you're talking about because they don't <laughs> they don't they don't watch game of thrones or, or pay attention to that stuff and then and then you try to explain to your kids uh, you know at least season one book one of, of game of thrones and then you get in trouble and then but then you get to go inside at least so it kind of worked out uh, i think i followed most of that i didn't i did not i lost myself around and my co-host Ryan, basically where I lost myself. Uh, I, I've been outside a lot. It's really hot out. I don't know if you mentioned that. It's super hot outside. So uh, do you have air conditioning? I do, yes, thankfully. Okay. That's why I'm able to be inside and, and not not melt. Although, uh, yeah, it's, it, 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 all jokes aside, it's really hot out. And we have these summers <laughs> every once in a while. I don't know why I'm circling back on the, on the weather joke. It's like... <laughs> All jokes aside, it's still hot. Yeah, it's very hot out, and and here's the thing: it's gonna break, and we'll have winter. And you're right; like we're constantly reminded that we shouldn't complain that it's too hot because in a couple months we're gonna be complaining it's too cold. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. And then we'll do that for a long stretch of time. Yeah, I will look. I'll pivot, and I will complain about something else. Uh, and <laughs> Ooh, so, yeah. uh, so, so here's the thing: is like, and and apologies to our international listeners, of which there are, I'm sure, countless. Uh, but we're in uh, we're Canadians in the province of Ontario, and as the COVID crisis is, I don't want to say subsiding, especially the uh, folks out of the border are really in the midst of it. But for us, things are going pretty well, and so uh, we're talking about next steps, you know, reopening stuff and all of that, including schools in the fall. Now, for a show like this, where we both have kids, Ryan seemingly a new one every season. Um, it is important for us to be able to send them somewhere for us to be able to do our jobs uh, and uh, and obviously record our amazing podcast. Um, but uh, so the province of Ontario <clears throat> has just outlined sort of 
some of the options for what a return in the fall will look like for students. And uh, what they're talking about right now is is either everything back to normal, which is not going to happen, or everybody stays home, which is probably not going to happen, which leaves the third option, which is this weird sort of cohort thing, whereas to reduce the amount of kids in the building, they ha- they would have kids go, divide them into two groups, half of them go for the, for half of the week, for two days of the five-day week, one day is then spent sanitizing, and then for the last two days of the week, another cohort of 15 different kids comes in, which means essentially that your kid is home three out of the five days of the week. Um, the idea being, of course, that they would they would do studies of some sort. But like my kids in grade one, they're not going to be doing any studies and I'm not going to be getting any work done. Uh, and so parents are rightfully kind of frustrated about this. And it's just one of these situations, Brian, and I, like I know that you guys are in a bit of a different spot because you are on pat leave for the year um, and you don't necessarily have to worry about all this stuff. And it will hopefully be sorted out by the time you return. But like for me, it's a, like September has been the light at the end of the tunnel. We're like, okay, we made it to September. Uh, daycare open, send our, our youngest to daycare, and then send our, our, our five-year-old um, to um, the, uh, the school for five days a week. Oh, we're back in business. We can start doing our work full-time again. We can start getting perhaps some rest. Anyway, we were excited for this, and now we're frustrated that it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Do you have any thoughts on this situation? Yeah, no, it's interesting. I have friends who are teachers, uh, friends that work in the sort of auxiliary services to schools like busing, and uh, my mother's a supply teacher, and, and hearing all their stories about the return to school, specifically here in Ontario and, and Canada, um, at large, uh, it's 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 an interesting phenomenon in that the government, depending on which government you have, and we don't necessarily need to like, you know, paint colors red or blue or whatever, but depending on the government you have locally, uh, here in Ontario, the uh, conservative government has basically you know washed their hands of it and said like we're they 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 did the right quote unquote right thing in their eyes and said we'll let the school board sort it out, and I mean I see the logic there in that. Um, each school board has a different uh, location that is very in the COVID-19 situation is different across all those regions. So I get it in that you're uh, empowering these these uh, specific locations to make specific decisions to their to their locale. However, like they're given next to no resources. Literally, they were just said, you figure it out. And I mean, it's not personally going to impact me uh, in the sense that I think what will happen with Caden, he's starting junior kindergarten in September. I'm thinking one of two things will happen. One, he'll go to school maybe one day a week. uh, And then just as like a, like a sort of get your feet wet, but here's like some stuff you can do when he comes home. And you're right. I'm on, I'm on paternity leave for the first half of his year. uh, But, but, and then Ashley will be home, you know, then after with, and I'll be at work. But, I think that, and the, and the other option is basically they just will say JK is is canceled in the sense that JK is is really just uh, it's it's essential, but it's sort of 
it's sort of uh, a lot of people take it for granted as like free day, free daycare, right? It is essential, but it is something that he can probably skip and we'll just kind of like follow the, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but we'll follow the rubric and kind of give him the building blocks he needs to enter, you know, you know, senior kindergarten and grade one and so on. Um, what I would like to happen. Yeah. I want him to go to school because he's excited to go to school. So I don't really want him to lose that sort of energy, but I also don't want to necessarily put, you know, my family at risk, not knowing what, what is September going to look like. Um, but I can totally feel, you know, your situation where you have both parents working and you have kids that are both eligible to, to be away for the day, either in daycare or, or grade school. And I, and I know plenty of parents who, who live that situation where daycare and school is, is what they depend on, right? And, and I, li- I live in a privileged situation, whereas we both work for the federal government of Canada, which is the organization that's being responsible for all the support measures. And so they are obviously trying to take good care of their employees, because otherwise, we have to go on these sort of support measures. And and either way, it's it's the government that would be reimbursing us. Uh, we're, we also recognize we live in a very privileged area and situation as compared to say other countries and other people that are making much tougher choices uh but that said it doesn't stop me from being frustrated at it It, so i would just invite any listeners who are who are parents who are going through sort of like having to make tough covid choices with regards to schooling and that if you're in another province another um another uh country you know we'd like to we'd like to hear from from you what your experiences are um because aside from that, Ryan, I don't know about you, like, but it's kind of COVID status quo for me. Like things are, we have masks now. Um, mm-hmm. The mayor of Ottawa just made it mandatory for masks inside buildings. Like, uh, and so um, we have a bunch. We we had some before, but now we have we have quite a, a bunch of them. And but it's, but but a lot because of this, a lot of businesses have opened up, and you know we're it, I we're going to going to beaches and, and different things. And, uh, it just feels better. feels like uh, summer and, uh, and that's, that's nice. So it's just looking at the fall that is kind of, kind of being getting my, what's the gander. I don't know what gander. the is. The goose and the gander or whatever. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, it, it's interesting. You mentioned the, the mandatory masks inside buildings and here locally in Peterborough, they haven't made it mandatory. However, our surrounding areas, a lot of tourists, uh, I don't want to say tourist traps, but tourist locations are requiring it in businesses. And, and I just want to, um, obviously everyone's, you know, being hammered on, you know, wear a mask. And I think it's very important. Definitely wear a mask when you're going into a place where you cannot physically distance from other folks. And, and that is most buildings um, that I've, I've come across. Like, it's just easier if everybody wears a mask for everyone, really, and it's safer. But what I will say is a bit of advice on that note, outside of the wear a mask advice, please wear a mask, is that don't read the comments of articles from newspapers or or health units or anything, uh, community papers, whatever. Don't read the the comments where people are taught or the article is about these mandatory masks, wear a mask, COVID nineteen, anything, because. It will, and this shouldn't be news to anyone, it will ruin your view on humanity because yeah, yeah. no matter where you live, you may think you live in, in a very well-off town with upstanding citizens. There's always one person who lights the match and all the roaches just come out and feast on this article and they just... You know, 
tear it apart right. with their theories and conspiracies. It's bullshit. I hate it. It drives me nuts. It keeps me up at night knowing that there are these people out there that are idiots. <laughs> That's all I'll say. You, you, don't, you don't even have to go into that much detail and just you could just pretty much say, don't ever read internet comments and stop no, yeah. it there and you'd, prob- <laughs> you'd probably be be safe because I agree 100% with you. It's, it's, it's really, really frustrating reading those stories and and at this point like it feels like a it feels like a, a almost a darwinism thing where like you know the stupid people are making stupid choices and 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 we're starting to see the effect of those choices luckily where we are so far you know things are things continue to trend upwards uh in a good way for us so yeah. um so I, I i'm happy about that but i'm curious about you know sort of how other folks are doing mm-hmm. um the uh, just just moving into the um, the dungeons and or diapers section, Ryan. What would you like to begin with this week? Diapers or dungeons? Well, as is tradition with the dungeons, I've got a fun uh, little story. Uh, not a story, more just an experience um, that my you know. So you know, we, we we're dealing with COVID nineteen. A lot of big festivals, a lot of events are either pausing for the year or moving forward. Um, uh, with some sort of virtual experience and and something that usually falls on the Father's Day weekend and did again this year is the Kortha Beer Festival. It's our local beer festival, uh, all craft beers. And usually Ashley would buy us tickets, we'd get a babysitter and that's what we would do for, for Father's Day. And I'm not like a big beer drinker, but I do like craft beers. I like trying new beers. I, like usually when I go to the beer store to pick up beer, I'm always looking for something different just to just to have it um and 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 just going with with that and not not you like i'll double dip if i if i have a beer i really like but usually i'm looking for something new so with the Kortha beer festival they did the uh pickup uh part of the event where instead of going to a beer garden you um order your beer ahead of time through their website and you just kind of walk through a building pick it up and you're on your way and uh, that was really cool because I was able to basically pay for a package that got me a beer from every brewery. So there was like 15 breweries. So I picked one from each one. And that'll basically last me the rest of the summer because I don't really have a lot of time to drink. <laughs> so uh, hopefully they're still good by the time I get around to them all. But it was uh, I was able to pick them all. And I went in and she said, oh, yeah, I got all the ones you wanted and put them in a box. And it was really it's really cool. And some of these these breweries, they may be local to the Kawartha region. They don't deliver or are available in our local beer stores. Like you would have to drive to Bowmanville or Port Perry to get that specific or Fenland or, or Bob Cajun to get those specific beers. So it was a nice little um it was great to see these these festivals, whether when they can, finding a creative way to stick around in in 2020 and i realized with a with a beer festival where you have physical goods that you can sell you kind of have a a better shot at 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 existing in this year uh year of our COVID 19 um but there was also like a virtual event the concerts and stuff that they did through facebook which has been sort of a staple going on i think people are starting that's a bit over now like people are realizing like they're just they're just doing podcasts (laughs) you know yeah yeah. so i I do think it's funny you're t- telling this story and you're dropping all these names of places and like I literally, uh, I'm a Canadian that doesn't live too far to you and 
from you. And I'm like, I don't know half of these places. It sounds like you're making up words right now. You, <laughs> you know, know, Bob Cajun. And, Everyone, well, like, that was the only one. Yeah. And I only know that one because of the Tragically Hip song. So, yes. uh, yeah. And they will hold on to that, even though that town has the oldest, uh, one of the oldest locks on the Trent Severn Waterway. Not to get all technical, you know, Bigly shoes, that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I get it's I a very you. local local thing, but it, no, it, yeah, I'm. I mean, I know some of our listeners might you know Bowmanville's right on the four hundred one. So if you head through to Toronto very often, like the, you, you know, where Bowmanville is. Of course, um, Bowmanville. Everyone knows that. Um, so I just wanted to name I, drop Bowmanville. Sue me, yeah, right? Yeah, I know. are you getting paid, Ryan? Um, I, yeah, <laughs> municipalities pay me to mention their names <laughs> yeah. on this the, podcast, and you'd be co- surprised how much I get paid. It's the Kawartha. The Kawartha Beer Festival. It's like, Ryan, we'll hook you up. 15 beers. You mention it on your podcast. And you still pay for it. And we'll give you this $5 package of mac and cheese so we don't get sued by the Ontario government. And Ryan found a loophole. He's like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna say it on Dungeons and & Diapers and not the gamers in. And that way nobody <laughs> will hear it. <laughs> Some people will hear it. Very passionate people. folks. Yeah, that's right. That is right. Who we appreciate greatly. Um, so... Uh, I um uh, I don't have a ton ton I is what I'm gonna say and then probably talk a whole bunch uh, on the dungeons front. I've I've not been playing a ton of video games, um, it, not from lack of trying, uh, and uh, but I am continuing my Divinity Two campaign, which I've mentioned a couple of times on the show, um, and I just like I kind of had an epiphany about this the other day the other the other game i play a lot of obviously is animal crossing still with gwen a game that came out in march and i'm still regularly playing it uh she is still you know plays it every day and they just had this update where you can go swimming and now it's so crazy because we can swim and yeah and like it is just so funny what a grip that game has but also um how perfectly timed it was and how it works so well and the linkage here that I'm going to make between Animal Crossing and Divinity 2 is these games, and Divinity 2 I've had for a while, but I'm really only appreciating in the way that it's meant to be appreciated now, um, is, is these may be two, as I look over my entire life, two of my biggest gaming experiences or most intense or most enjoyable maybe even favorite games in my entire life based on the experiences that i'm having and it is almost 100 percent linked to being a parent and covid19 um so in the case of animal crossing i'm you know it's my daughter's first real game that she's really digging into and she's doing all this stuff she's doing her own custom designs i've talked about this a lot right like she's she She's really into every aspect of Animal Crossing, and it's really cool to see. Um, on the Divinity side, it's how my friends get together, but it hits on so many levels. Because, like, Divinity 2 is essentially a D&D campaign, um, a Dungeons & Dragons, not to be confused with Dungeons & Diapers, uh, campaign in which you... you either solo or your friends uh, go, you know, go on a scripted adventure and make a ton of choices and it can unfold in a crazy amount of different ways. So it has a narrative story, which I really appreciate. I love stories 
in general and in games, they're awesome. And I, I like having agency on the story. And so it has all sorts of choices you can make. But now your friends can make these choices too. So you're having these experiences with your friends. So there's that narrative scripted element. But then there's organic storytelling. And anybody who's played uh, you know, an online shooter or a sports game and something super awesome has happened and you're trying to explain it to your girlfriend who doesn't give a crap the next day you're like oh so then i pass it to him and then we take a shot and it's amazing and it goes in and the rocket car explodes and and and, uh nobody really gets it but that's like organic storytelling it's the stories that come out while you play the game and divinity has a ton of that as well like there's a lot of like physics and, and crazy stuff that can happen and when you you and your friends are getting together there's craziness that ensues and then finally as i mentioned on the show previously gwen my daughter, five years old, wants a detailed recap of what happened the next day. And I will provide that to her happily. And I turn it into a censored, obviously, <laughs> uh, kid, kid-friendly kid version of a, a Divinity campaign. So going over it all, I'm playing an awesome game with my friends. Tons of like, you know, growing out and hanging out with your buddies and doing uh, stuff. Meanwhile, having great, a, a cool story in the, in the game with crazy moments that happen and then i get to recap it all the next day for gwen so you put that package together and it's hitting all my boxes the only problem is that i can't play it as much as i want to because we've got to rally the troops and get everybody together be like is tonight a good night for you you know like and i'm not going to play it even if i could i wouldn't play it by myself so that's my uh my divinity 2 uh rant for the week and i'm sure mm. that that next time i will have an even more effusive rant and then by the time i finish that game it will just be like me orgasming for two minutes straight and (laughs) dear (laughs) yeah that's where i expect to go like it can only go up from here anyway ryan uh i'm done my divinity rant but i understand that i am not the only one playing uh video games and you may be playing one that's a little bit more topical yeah well i talked about i can't remember if we talked about it last episode and it might have just come yeah, out or did. was coming out uh and yeah i finished the last of us part two and i have to say that a lot of folks i've talked to who haven't played it um have have like i think yourself has said that you know i'm not sure i'm in the right we're at the we're in the right mood to be playing yeah, the last of right. us part two and i think that's a very valid point because it's a very it's it's not like most game experiences where you are quote unquote enjoying what you're doing with the gameplay. Um, I look at uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which is coming out next week, where you are very much killing a bunch of dudes as a samurai, but you can still enjoy that gameplay because it's not really the the violence is uh, is sort of a it's just a gameplay loop. It's not really like supposed to make you feel terrible. It's just you're you're the they're the bad guys. You're the good guys. You're taking them out. And it's supposed to make you feel like an awesome samurai exactly. badass. Yeah. Whereas in The Last of Us Part Two, you are very much killing a bunch of fools. And it starts out uh, as this very much a story of, well, it is a story of revenge, but it's not your typical story of revenge. And, and for everyone wincing, I'm going to keep this spoiler free. Uh, you know, whether Crofton ends up picking this up and we end up talking about it, we do like a spoiler segment. I'm planning a, a spoiler cast. Um, and now that I've said it on three podcasts, I guess I, I really do have to figure out a way to get that off the ground, but I'm hoping to do that in the month of July so I can kind of stop being so cryptic. But 
that game is very much a story of revenge, but but tells it from uh, uh, both sides, uh, many sides, and and explores what makes that world so interesting, and that it isn't just these are the good guys and these are just the 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 varying degrees of bad guys and there's always it's like the food chain of bad guys where this guy is really bad but don't worry there's a bigger bad guy that's going to eat him and be even more shittier this isn't the walking dead where you have the good people and then you have the the incredibly increasing terrible people as the seasons go on it's very nuanced in the last of us part two and really unlike the first one this second one doesn't appear to be presenting like this is this is a truly bad person you know they're they're like just it's a bunch of gray no black and white it's just all gray and and again like in these times it's probably not something most folks are going to want to jump into let alone finish a 25 hour experience in about a week and a half especially when you have when you have kids right so um why did you why did you finish it so fast like why like was there any sort of words was it because you were just like, oh man, this is so good. I got to keep playing. Oh, it's so amazing. Or was it, was it because you felt some sort of pressure to finish it while it was still topical? Like what, uh, what was the, uh... I think it's a little bit of uh, like less so the topical thing, because obviously I do a gaming podcast, but without, with, with without being able to go into spoilers, like I wasn't very like keen on, on finishing it for that reason. I think the reason the reason I really wanted to finish, I'm, I'm invested in the world and the characters and the gameplay and, and just everything that Naughty Dog put into that first one. So when they announced they were having a sequel, I was like, okay, I'm in, I have to experience this. And it's just one of those games that you get and you just set aside all your free time. And when I say free time, I'm not talking about like, you know, the, the kids are upstairs, I'm going to sneak down for 15 minutes. I'm talking about like, kids are in bed, I've got a three-hour session, and then I'm going to stay up for an extra three hours to try to get even a little bit more further. So so I was more so trying to finish it because I was invested in these characters, and I wanted to see just what story Naughty Dog felt like they wanted to tell as a sequel to, to an original game that I thought, it's from a story perspective was perfect and and honestly a very hard thing to follow up on because that first game is very much a journey and then you're on that journey and it's very much a video game where it's telling you these dark teaching you these dark lessons and then you get to the end of the first one and it's like it's not a hero's journey at all they like completely switch it on its side and and you're left questioning you know the character that you grew to love you're questioning where do they go from here maybe we don't find out and we're able to inject our own like sometimes the best story is really one that puts the ending in the hands of the players without actually giving them control over over a choice per se, right? So like the ending to that first one left everybody kind of just with the tools to 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 take the story in any direction their mind wanted it to go. Like and I lo- yeah, and I love the Last of Us one mm-hmm. and would want to actually replay it before I play the second one. The thing the thing is though is like the last of us at the time like and this was the company that's making these uncharted games and the uncharted games were like you know 8 hours but they were breezy fun oh those and... were long games the uncharted franchise yeah. is pretty long too no only uncharted 4 is long the other oh, okay. ones are the other ones if you go back at like prior to uncharted 4 like the 3 3 2 1 uh, they're uh, two is is like something like eight hours or whatever but the last of us the first last of us was like 
12 hours and that was like crazy long for the a level of like quality you know that they were delivering in terms of the game it also felt like the it felt like a um a, a long trek you know like uh, and uh and then to hear that this one is 25 hours like that's like that's double plus the first one like does it earn that runtime uh, the sequel, I, I think it does. Um, a lot of people, here's the thing. I don't want to necessarily color other people's opinions of this game. Cause obviously the people can, anybody can have an opinion on this game. And, and, uh, that is, that is valid for any, anything really. And, you know, as long as they're respectful, uh, there's been a lot of folks coming out with opinions of this game with, very negative feelings towards actors and characters and writers and directors. And I think that is not okay. But um, for me, when it comes to the, the length of the game, whether it earned it, I, I really feel as though the story they wanted to tell and the feelings they wanted you to feel required them to tell uh, us this, this long a story. And again, like I went in spoiler free and I think that's how I was able to enjoy the, like that's how I enjoy my products. Like when I'm spoiled, there is there's something leaving in the form of enjoyment uh, uh, for for uh, for for entertainment, right? I, I think back to you know I'm not necessarily comparing the two, but I think back to Endgame and not having been spoiled any of those moments, or or even Infinity War for that matter. And then the feelings I felt when the directors and the actors wanted me to feel those feelings, for me personally, felt like they were heightened. You know. And I, and I know everyone's different. Some people swear by spoilers. They want to, they want to know what's happening. So then they are prepared to experience it. And sometimes it's stronger for them knowing what's going to happen. But for me personally, I needed, I needed it to be spoiler free. And that was the other reason I kind of drove, uh, drove through this game so quickly. But in terms of length, like to explain why it required to be 25 hours would, would spoil some moments. Um, and, uh, and it, but it doesn't take, it doesn't take a lot to come across those quote unquote spoilers. Cause if you read a review, if you read, you know, um, some hot takes from people, you probably know what I'm alluding to. So I will leave it at that. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting roller coaster. And when we say it's like 25 hours, like there is a point in the game where I think it might've been around a certain, I don't remember how far it was in, but there was a point in the game quite far on where I'm like, Oh wow, that's where we're that's what we're doing here and and then you get you you come in after the cut to black and you're like, "Okay, that's what we're doing now." Like this is and I had to put the game down and I struggled to progress, but I think that was that was part of the game. So again, like just like the first one, they're making you feel these feelings and and this one's even riskier because I feel like if you aren't connecting with those feelings that they're trying to lay down, you can very much reject this game and and kind of stop playing uh not in a way where you again it's so hard to explain it without spoiling because it's much easier yeah, yeah, yeah. but but i think like that's the key right there is that a lot of the people who bounced off this game even before playing or during playing it uh, especially during playing it there there are moments where and i'm not talking about like a gruesomely gruesome moment i'm talking about just like a point in the story where if you don't connect with certain characters at a, to, to any degree it falls apart and um being a 25 hour experience i think they use that time to to build 
relationships with old and new characters that is required for you to enjoy and under under understand the story they're trying to tell right and i've not played anything like this in terms of a story you know this is this is unique to not only the last of us part two but to video games in general like there you can't really do this story the same way they've done it here in a movie um and i and for the record i very much enjoyed the game um so again like if you didn't enjoy the game and you're listening to me talk about this, like you're probably disagreeing with what I'm saying, but, and that's fine. Cause I think it is going to be a very, you know, divisive game as opposed to the first one, which was kind of beloved. And then the arguments it, came from the ending of that first game of, of what you felt was right or wrong about that. ending. I I'm kind of curious in one piece of curiosity I have about this is you're right. Like there is, there is a, uh, a blowback, I guess, on, on The Last of Us 2, even though the Metacritic score is like through the roof, a lot of, there's been a lot of pieces written about it. I And I am curious, and that has somewhat colored my perception of it as well, um, especially as someone who felt that a sequel was entirely unnecessary. Um, and so them, them going back that well meant they must have had something significant, to, perhaps to, you know, to tell. But people were, be like, loved the first one so much um and i would consider it like when i told my wife hey there's she watched the first one and was really into it and and played a little bit of it but she doesn't play that much but she when she heard there was a second one she's you know she's like oh we've got to we've got to play that and i was like yeah it it looks like even more intense even more brutal and I, i i maybe i'm being influenced by like the you know, society at large, but I just don't feel the need to play it now. And now we're at the, at the cusp of Ghost of Tsushima. I'm like, well, you know, I'd almost rather play that, you know, seeing, we'll see what the, what the reviews say, but like, to me, to me, a power escapist fantasy does seem of more appeal right now than like a revenge pandemic thriller. But I, (laughs) I totally appreciate uh, your thoughts. I also, while you were talking about it at one point, I had this mental image of you just sitting on the couch doing play-by-play of it to Caden who's sitting no. next to you <laughs> no <laughs> sitting next to you and be like you see Caden you know there's some lessons to be learned in this game you shouldn't do don't do what that guy's doing right there that's yeah. bad you shouldn't do that uh, I will say I, this I'm, uh for the record if anyone's listening specifically from any agency that deals with child services uh, I did not play this game near my children and uh for the record if they did walk into the room I quickly mashed the PlayStation button and or threw a blanket over the TV so um yeah definitely don't play this with your kids i you 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 said something about um you know uh that that i caught up on was basically like the first game didn't require a sequel and i agree with you outside of me wanting to play more of that style of gameplay i love the collecting i love the the scavenging i love the exploring looking for resources and and that's all here in the second one the gameplay they've really refined the, the gameplay loop in a way that doesn't reinvent the wheel it feels very much like they pulled everything that worked from the last of us and brought it over and some might agree that or disagree in that and say they brought a lot of what didn't work and and that's just to say that they basically lifted the gameplay systems from the first one polished them added a little bit more options to it and and called it a day like in terms of the clickers they all operate in a very similar fashion it's like they put me right back in the last of us well everything looks prettier moves faster they added like one new um one new enemy type and and um, a couple other surprises in there, but other than that, there's not a there's not a huge 
sort of addressed to that, but really and, in in terms of sorry, in terms of following up on the first one and not requiring a sequel, this is very much the story like when you experience the story you're like, okay, I understand why they did a sequel. I understand why they chose this story because the, because it is such a natural continuation of that first one in a way that works so well in this world and 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 I mean, I hesitate to say this, but I feel like you probably can't make a sequel to this one, but if they wanted to, I'd be really interested to see what they could do, especially since I think they they really did a great job with the second one. <laughs> especially since all the characters die. You're no. like, and Ryan, why would you do that? I didn't um, say that. But, uh, like, I mean, yeah. hey, if they figure it out. I, I, I think The Last of Us is is a universe that is very capable of supporting stories outside of, uh, you know, the United States of America. Like they, they name drop Canada, they name drop Mexico. Like it's like the walking dead. We don't know what's going on in these other countries. Like there's interesting fodder there. I get that perhaps, but like for me, it's like, okay, like you have something that's kind of prestige Mm -hmm. and, and, and then as soon as you throw in something next to it, um, like a number like the last of us two or what is it the, the walking dead then they had that spin-off series the walking dead something something like soon as something sounds prestige when it's just like the walking dead or the last of us but then as soon as you start throwing in other other components like i'm all, i'm all up for other stories in the world but like sticking with the same characters it's kind of the same issue that i had with the star wars um uh, prequel uh, uh the new disney star wars films whereas they they revisited luke leia and company and then you get to mm-hmm. watch them all get killed off one movie after the other as if that's what we all wanted but <laughs> i i just i just think they could have gone anywhere in that universe and yep. they did it they're just like nope let's go back to the same people you know let's see what they're up to oh their lives were shitty um yeah well i so- think the difference here is that that was bad a lot of people would would agree that that is uh, poor execution on Disney's part, and and I mean I like those sequel movies, but I, I can agree with folks that didn't like it, and that yeah, not great, not not I, perfect. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Too no, I don't either. Far. I just wanted to address I, that. Last of Us Part Two is. It's, I will it's solid play it. You should play w- it. You, you'll enjoy I w- it. I will play it. Um, I, I just want to make a, a quick uh, a two, two-parter two TV hit here on my dungeon stuff. So my wife and I have not had a show lately. We haven't been – we've been looking to, um, to get into something together for sort of date nights and stuff during COVID. Um, there hasn't – there's a lot. It's not like there isn't a lot. It's just that it's hard sometimes to find something that's going to hit as well for both of us or we'll both be equally interested. I know I mentioned on this show, the Amazon series, Hannah before. Mm-hmm. Well, the se- second season was released to eight episodes. We've, we've been through it already. We've, we've watched it like two episodes a night. So, so two episodes, like a movie about a movie length. And so you get kind of like four movies out of it, if you will. Um, and uh, we did like, we started watching eh, last week in a week or so. We, we were done it, which is a fast binge for us. And that goes to show that it is quite addicting. I will say that it is um, kind of a little bit of a different show than the first season. Still, still, uh, still good. Um, I thought the first season, which is based on the movie, Hannah, was uh, drawn out a little bit too much. Uh, it was, you know, like um, it was also very much kind of like 
both a spy thriller and a weird fairy tale-ish tone, which I kind of liked, uh, I think, but I didn't love. My wife was much more into it. The second season, I think I was much uh, like she was still very much into it, but I, I, I got into it much more because it's much more of a spy thriller um and uh and yeah like i i enjoyed it the problem is that you can't really watch season two without obviously having watched season one the first episodes of season one is this woman in the woods with her father and all this and it doesn't really give you a good sense of what that show will become in the second season and i know there are only eight episode seasons but if you if you i guess i would just say if you like hannah if you like the first episodes of the first season, you will, it gets really good and you will really like it. Mm. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say like, stick with, stick with it. If, if you didn't like those first two, two episodes. Um, but, uh, but season two is much more spy. Like Jason, it's, I love the Bourne movies and it's very much, uh, very much like the Bourne movies at that point. And uh, even filmed in the same, same way, lots of European locales, lots of bright color, uh, bright colors and uh and cool stuff so yeah no it's a good it's a good one and the other thing is i'm um along with a big chunk of the population when community was put on netflix just looking for something like i've watched community a lot in the past i even own the dvds of that show back when we owned dvds um and I, I sort of have been watching it solo while folding laundry and different things. And over the past few weeks, I've gone through like the first two seasons and I'm halfway through the third. And I never finished Community in the sense that I watched a lot of those first seasons, but I was watching it while it aired, right? And then it almost got canceled and there's all this behind the scenes drama starting in the fourth season. And so I never saw the sixth season that was only released, I think, on the now defunct Yahoo screens. <laughs> but it's it's on it's on uh, Netflix, so I expect like I will watch those episodes. There's a lot of episodes I've only watched once. I know they won't be as good as the ones from season two and three, but Community season you know back half of season one season two and season three oh man that is some funny tv and if you haven't watched it before i strongly strongly recommend uh, that you watch it um as much as i love those michael schur shows like the good place brooklyn 99 parks and rec and that they're all funny they're not as funny as community they have probably more heart in the sense that community is a little bit caustic a little bit uh, there's a there's a little bit of a a hard edge to it that they don't have but mm -hmm. it is it, it is uh it is a really really funny show did you ever watch community i know you haven't watched hannah but have you watched community i loved uh community when it came out and i and i even watched the yahoo season i got a hold of it even though i think it was next to impossible here in canada to watch it it's uh you know that show is is was kind of a victim like a, any cult you know show it was kind of a victim of its own uh, success not in the ratings but but just by like its viewers really enjoying it and and it didn't line it never it never really lined up with the ratings or even I think at the time when it came out it was one of those shows that would prosper now with with how internet communities have rallied around shows but back back when it first aired there really wasn't that like cable like uh, large cable companies weren't paying attention to um internet communities and, and netflix streaming and all that fun stuff so um i think if community came out today it would it would probably do a lot better probably wouldn't have chevy chase in it but i don't know 
lot of people say he's not that funny in the show. I thought he was okay, but uh, uh, I, I, it's funny because he's like a big name. Like, and even I, before I'd ever watched Community, I remember being like, "Oh, Chevy Chase is in this." This was like a, a thing. But you watch by the time you've watched two episodes, that's no longer a draw. Like you're invested in these characters, and and now like the show that Donald Glover was from is kind of like the bigger the bigger draw uh for a lot of folks but i i would just i would just say that um that it gets those it gets like a victim of its own success at one point like people um it gets too cute by half there's there's you know drama with chevy's chase behind the scenes that happened that mm-hmm. the, the creator left he came back uh all of this sort of stuff there's always good content all the way through but those first three seasons are like when when you say a show is like oh man this was the golden age of the show you 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 watch those first three seasons and um the last episode of season three could be taken very easily and i think it was designed partially to be a series finale um and you could just stop there you could and just call it and be like you know what that was a good ride and and bear in mind this was back in the time of network 24 episode seasons i was thinking about that the other day and like i know that soap operas do shows every day and that's insane but 24 episodes of like a heavily scripted show that to be clever or dramatic or whatever god that's got to be a lot of work in a year you know mm-hmm. to get those out it's crazy because nowadays we're used to these like 13 episode seasons eight episode seasons i just mentioned hannah like um, to to think of like these these long twenty four episode seasons, it's just crazy that they 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 were even doing that. Like I, you know, the Jack Bauer Power Hour twenty four. I'd watch that all the time. Twenty four episodes of an hour length, you know, uh, just crazy. Yeah. No, I think the way that TV has evolved, and and I mean, I'm at this stage. You and I, uh, being you know parents and having limited free time to ourselves, let alone free time to, you know, spend on our own stuff as opposed to shared content with our partners. Um, it's nice when something is six to eight episodes, or I find six to ten is a good one. And I mean, I wasn't I wasn't going to talk about it, but quickly, like in terms of Netflix, we've basically only been watching Netflix content to the point where I think Umbrella. Academy season two comes out at the end of the month. And I said to Ashley, like, okay, we're gonna have to clear, you know, our Netflix watching so we can just jump right into that. And uh, we watched um, Space Force, which has got an all star cast and, and is a comedy, which is something we were looking for. You know, we find the stuff that we're drawn to on Netflix to be mostly like, crime related, like true crime, or just dark stuff. Like we watched Mindhunters and then we had Ozark yeah. on the back burner and uh then we watched and then we switched to Space Force and it's basically like a reunion of of Greg Daniels and Steve Carell from the office to to kind of create this all star comedy show and um it's very much steeped in in american politics but i think because we live in canada and we get to experience it from afar it's not as um it's not as triggering for us uh, it's it, it is funny um uh, but i could imagine living in the states it might be tough to watch it as he's like you know reacting to the president texting him to do something stupid and he's you know he's like oh great i gotta go do this and you know that that is probably something that actually happens south of the border um but i i really liked it you know john malkovich is amazing in it and it's a short 10 episode run it's very good uh it's kind of like a dry humor it's um it's not it's not like the office where it's like yuck yuck uh, the american office it's more kind of 
it's it's harder to explain but it, and it's not even like community it's it's more like a like a british sitcom but it's very american um and then unsolved mysteries again like if you're looking for something this is a reboot of the unsolved mysteries uh show that ran in the 80s and 90s and it's it's a it's a it's got some uh it's definitely it's it's unsolved crimes so there's like there's a lot of mystery but it's a it's a very dark show as well and and they present it in a very netflix way but if you're looking for sort of some mystery television, looking at these like old crimes and um, it's really well done as well. Like I think we, we, we pretty much blasted through it. Like it's a very easy watch. There's like six episodes and they range from like 30 to 50 minutes. So um, if you like true crime, like it's really good. I highly yeah, maybe it. like I have the nostalgia for the unsolved mysteries. And oh, the, it's uh, there. The nostalgia is the there. Ro- I know Robert Stack isn't there unless they have a robot hidden nope. away or something. His but silhouette like, is there. That's all I'll say. Oh man, that's amazing! And the and the music, obviously, <laughs> yes, uh, which I would imagine is is they they at most probably done a remix of. They um, they mix it up a little bit, but but here's the thing: like my memory of an unsolved mysteries from a kid was nightmares. Um, it. After The Simpsons on Sunday night, there was a couple shows that would come on. One was X-Files, but would give me the nightmare, just nightmares hearing the theme song. And then Unsolved Mysteries was another one where the theme song would give me give me nightmares. And I think the old show was a little more brutal because it was dealing with like recent Unsolved Mysteries because it was back in those 24 episode. I think that might have been reality TV at that point. So it was basically like... 50 episodes a year like it was they would just kept churning them out because they were essentially like all right this has gone to cold case send it to nbc or whatever i think it's maybe cbs i, I don't know but um like i like how that would be like the police the police is like <laughs> going through their cases are like all right this is an active case uh this one's a cold case so um send you it to a tv it- show <laughs> Send it to Murphy over there. He's not busy. Or you could just send it to Robert Stack. I think they're looking for a new episode or whatever. That's what it felt like, though. The originals was like, this person was last seen like a month ago in the area of Oregon. And I'm like, oh, my God, Oregon, that's not great. Uh, and, you know, oftentimes we, we, my parents would say, I don't know why my parents were letting us watch this, but they probably started by saying, why are you watching that? And also Oregon is very far away. You have a higher chance of being hunted by, you know, Freddie or Jason than, than that guy. Um, but I think the music that plays in this remake is very reminiscent of the, of the older series. And, and, and it again is like, oh my God, I'm having these memories of watching this show as a kid and, and kind of getting goosebumps as you, as you hear the music and all of the, I would say, so far, five like all the episodes are great, but they do one throwaway episode about UFOs, and I think I like a specific UFO phenomenon, and and I think that UFOs have been so done by these mystery shows that they kind of dug deep to find a story that you may not have heard, but because of that, the story kind of blends with a lot of the stories you hear from like the seventies. So it's not the greatest episode, but but it's still interesting. It still presents an interesting mystery. Uh, but it's not as strong as the other ones because it was a normal. Orders. It was a normal night in yeah. Bob Cajun, no. Ontario. <laughs> I would have. I would have stopped watching. Honestly, I probably. <laughs> would have, I like. I said to Ashley, like, we can't watch this one before bed because I will probably have nightmares. There's something about that stuff that just creeps me out. Um, but like watching, you know, some murder from the '90s uh, is like, all right, back to bed. You know, I I wouldn't sleep soundly, but at least I wouldn't have nightmares. 
Um, I like how you're, you're like, I'm just going to go, uh, you know, play a couple hours of The Last of Us 2 and throw in a few unsolved mysteries and then straight to bed. <laughs> well, no, and that's just it. The last two weeks have been, I, I like when I finished The Last of Us Part 2, I was like, I'm glad it's done because I can kind of just, I feel like that's my video game for the year where I just have to play until I finish it. And that means staying up till midnight or one o'clock multiple days in a row to just get like, check that box of like, okay, I did it. My mind can rest until tomorrow. Um, but unsolved mysteries, not, but yeah, like it's, it's, it's been taxing on the old psyche, but I'm also, um, I am on, parental leave so i'm not working so essentially when i wake up i'm distracted by uh you know varying degrees of 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 uh rambunctious children so like yeah no i've got distractions you. don't worry you're you're distracted and uh i i will say that uh speaking of children distracting us uh, we have been distracted by our dungeons from going uh, into changing diapers so we should change diapers and uh I would just start by by reiterating what Ryan said about it being hot um, <laughs> at the top of the show and how I'm starting to plan for summer vacay. I'm hoping to take the two first weeks of August off and we're looking at renting. We've rented a place and it's kind of embarrassingly close to my the home I grew up in. Um, but like, it's one of those things where you don't want to travel for COVID. We don't want to stop anywhere in the bathroom or whatever. We're not, we don't want to go like if we're renting a cottage, it's got to be within a certain distance and they have to have good sort of protocols and we've got to be comfortable. We kind of know the owners of this place and it's uh, it will allow us to go to a lot of like parks and lakes and stuff that are near where I grew up. But because where I grew up is about 40 minutes outside of town, uh, when you have a two-year-old, like going 40 minutes outside of town is a big enough um, challenge to go even further than that um, would be pretty much not possible unless you were staying overnight. Um, and so we will be staying overnight at the cottage for a week and hope, and I'm really looking forward to those there's two first weeks uh, of August and I, I, I'm planning for them, but I am a bit disappointed that we're not getting to go a little further afield, get out of town. Like we, Ryan, we normally actually head to Prince Edward County. We have for the past few years, uh, which is um, near Picton. enough to your way. Picked in. Uh, yeah. And uh, in the sort of Sandbanks area. So, so we would have liked to have gone there, but we didn't want to, we didn't want to drive and, and make everybody wear diapers and, whatever we would have to do to get there without going to the bathroom. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much my, my plans. And meanwhile, um, we've got like a kiddie pool in the backyard, which I was actually sitting in uh, by myself last night uh, on my Nintendo switch playing animal crossing, uh, enjoying my best life, I guess. Uh, after the kids went to bed but generally the kids are in there all the time like it was 40 bucks inflatable i macgyvered i think i mentioned this i macgyvered a back a shop back to to blow air into it and uh so i don't have to blow it up and uh it's uh, it's really sweet parents if you can score one of those for your young kids it is a lifesaver and honestly there's like things have been kind of stable for me lately like with the kids um i think you know school is over gwen's getting a little bored um 
it's it's still tough because um, I'm not on vacation, but we're not getting activities from the teachers and stuff. Uh, she's keeping entertained as best she can. And Clara, the two-year-old, has gotten uh, much more mobile, is doing a bunch of stuff, uh, destruction mostly. But uh, but aside from that, things are pretty like, you know, fairly uneventful. They haven't had any big leaps or big changes. So I will pass the baton over to you and figure out what sort of diaper changing you've been up to. Yeah, like well, as you said, it's it's been hot, and um, you know, I don't want to get into the specifics of the size. Has it? Or, it <laughs> yes, yeah, it has been. Not to circle back again to that joke, but it's been hot, and uh, you, you know, not to get into the size or the depth of the pool that we have in our backyard now, but we we do have a or I how have, much dirt is in it? Yeah, yeah, or how much how much dirt or sod or play structure we had to you know lay to to get the yard we wanted. Um, and you know, I've been getting tweets from, from listeners, uh, you know, chiming in on, on, <laughs> on the, the fact that it's not an in-ground pool in, anymore. And I, I, I am, I appreciate that. I, I, it's all good. I appreciate it. Um, I don't look back on that pool fondly, so you're not, I, anyways, I appreciate the feedback. Keep it coming folks. Um, the, the pool, you're right. Like that pool, I, uh, it was like 40 degrees out, like with the humidex and then the kids want to be outside all the time. So I say, okay, play on the play structure. Daddy's going to have his coffee for a little bit and then we'll go in the pool. And once you're in the pool and you're in there, it's, it is so much, it's so refreshing. And I mean, because I'm able to focus solely on the family, it, it, it I'm not in there thinking about shit. What email do I need to take care of? What phone call? What meeting? Man, you know, that must be so nice. I in it in it is, and I remember having the conversation with you know my manager about parental leave, and and I said I I'm thinking about taking, you know the the full nine months, and and uh, because I haven't before. And this is our last one, and Ashley doesn't qualify, so I'm not taking her time. And he was like, yeah, do it. So, I mean, it, it turned out to be a very good year, you know, in, in the sense of, like, I would I would feel as though I'm missing something at work, even if I wasn't. And even by design, I wasn't. Like, they basically said, like, well, anything that you were working on that you're attached to that isn't important or critical, we can hold on for the year. Um it's been it's been kind of nice, you know, selfishly from that point of view that I I can be away from work and and know I'm I'm missing pretty much a, you know, safety first, get it done type year, which is important and I believe everyone's doing that and and we're doing the same by taking precautions of like, you know, traveling and visits. So, uh the pool's been very good, but we did a, a little adventure which was a COVID-19 uh precaution approved, which was this uh, there's a reptile zoo down the down the road about 15 minutes from Peterborough. It's the Indian Reptile uh Zoo and or Indian River Reptile Zoo. And it, it they have these they got into like these these huge dinosaur models. Um I don't know why. I remember going to this place when I was a kid for a for a for a field trip and and all of a sudden over the last couple of years they've had these large you know dinosaurs that they set up for display so they set up this drive-through where you basically pay ahead of time they scan your tickets and you go through and everyone's got masks and hand sanitizer and you're in your own vehicle so you're you know physically distancing and then you're just going through this drive-through and the kids had a blast 
And of course, I uh, put the Jurassic Park theme on repeat. Uh, we will probably use one of those photos for our art because uh, it was amazing. World's and, best dad. Yeah, it, <laughs> I mean, and and you say that, and really, when it comes down to it, like this was all Ashley. Like she was the one that you know, she she's in the Facebook groups. She sought it out. She bought the tickets. I mean, I said, yeah, let's do it. I think it was pretty much Who like put the Jurassic Park theme on. Was that I did Ashley's that. idea? No. Well, that then was, you're the best. I mean, that was my idea. Da, I figured. Na, 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 da, na, na. It, I, I've got it's good. I've got it in my head right now. And and okay, uh quick listener question for all those folks who love Jurassic Park. I always had this 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 game we'd play in university with my roommates of the Jurassic Park theme has two main um thematic uh points, I guess, where where, where you can recall them, but I can only, only I can usually only recall one right off the bat and then the second one takes a little bit so you did the one so what's the second one can you name that off the top of your head and listeners play along pause and play along like like do you mean that this this there's two sort of like parts to the main theme yes there is so you na- you did the one you, you know you remember what you did <laughs> yeah da, na, 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 that's the one da, yeah. na, so what's the other one This is where you stop and try to think of the other one. You're stalling, aren't you? I totally am stalling. Um, (laughs) Because I think that I got the other one and I missed the first one. What? What? (laughs) I think you're, I think you realize that I've already gotten the one. Oh, I don't know. You wouldn't have gotten. Um, Okay. So do the, do the one you just did again. (laughs) Cause I probably forgot what you did originally. No, no. I did the main, I did the main one. Na, na, Uh, na, na, na. And then there's one, then there's na, 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 na. And I've had time to think about it. So like it, it doesn't. Wait, do the second one. It's like. Do the second one. (laughs) Do it. Just a second. You this performance anxiety. You're putting me on the on the spot here. It's like uh na na na. No, that's the one you just did. Uh that's the other one, is it not? Or is that what you just There's two of them. No, 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 I I know which one I did. but but it wasn't that one. This is bad. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna have to listen. You okay. Well go listen to it. This are is you, the best radio. Are you going to go listen to it right now? <laughs> no, I'm not going to listen to it right okay, now. Okay. Well, we'll move that on. would be bad. That would be bad. Radio. It would be bad. I'm radio. just so it, listeners. If you understand what Ryan is trying to tell me, you should send an email. And if you remembered both thematic elements of yeah. the Jurassic Park John Williams theme, and you're not John of, Williams, that should be mentioned. He could be listening. Yeah. Then the and you know right off the bat. <laughs> What what they are, and you're yelling at your iPhone or whatever right now. You're humming. You're like, Come on, you're loud. Humming. I know the other beat is this, and you're trying to tell us. Well, I mean, I, we would like to know that you guessed before us. Uh, I will listen to it afterwards, and then I'll be like, "Oh, that's what Ryan." Yeah, we're gonna right after this. I'll record our reaction to listening. We're both gonna but, listen to it. But Ryan, you you are you are proven right already in the sense that the only one that i can tell you that i remember off the top of my head is the main like like heroic chorus or whatever yeah there's like uh, a quieter and, one yeah i i have no doubt there is a lot of those john williams scores go go with that sort of like um uh the the larger what is called the lit leap motif um uh and uh and then they 
it, it sort of gets gets smaller afterwards and i'm sure i'm i'm forgetting the uh, the small part and then as soon as i hear it i'm gonna be like oh yes that's it so all this to say your kids had a good time yeah they did and we you know we took a bunch of photos and it was really a lot of fun and um we got uh someone from the local tourism agency reached out and was like oh we want to use some of your photos like where we can't see anybody's faces i'm like yeah go ahead this sounds great so like we had a great time and we got we got uh, our photos recognized so that was a lot of fun and, and the kids were very excited to see these dinosaurs they want to go back they let us go through again just by donating they they said if you donate you can just go through uh again like at a fraction of the price if it's not too busy and it's just it was one of those things where it's guilt-free entertainment for the kids within this COVID-19 situation because again like I'm not saying people aren't you know going outside their comfort zone to to you know entertain their kids there's obviously I've I've seen people you know visiting with family you know doing stuff that is against the very you know rigid rules that we have or not rules but but guidelines we have and there is that little bit and I experience it too there's that guilt to it right where you're like ah we really shouldn't be doing this but like it's been months, you know, we haven't seen anyone, we're being really careful, but there's still that guilt element to it. But with this, it was very, it was just enjoyable because there was nothing, there was really nothing we were doing that was, that was against any sort of guidelines. It was, it was really well put together. Kids really enjoyed it. You know, we wear masks when we were out, you know, if we were walking around to get like, get food at the food truck or whatever, but we ate in our car and it was, it was just a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're in if you're in the area, like it's tough. Like it's tough to recommend it as it's very local. But um, I'm sure within everyone's areas, there's got to be at least one of these really cool businesses that have adapted and, and created this experience for the family that is also COVID nineteen um, compliant, right? I would encourage all our listeners to go back and listen to that what ryan just said but play the jurassic park theme in the background <laughs> which is what i was doing okay. while he was talking and so did you get the other the other well, you know yeah i did and this is here's the thing is okay. that uh, like i totally remember it and you're absolutely right but what it is is it's the lower part of the theme that like that's like that's the crescendo of the lower the the lower part it's like a more amplified version of it but uh but yeah, um, here it's like na 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 na. So that's the part you mean. This the soft part. Yeah, and then yeah, you're you're right. If you played that to me, I would right off be like, okay, that's that's. It's it's an eight minute theme, and it worked really well for going through this specific park and i think really like that theme works for any sort of drive-through experience um if you're like getting a coffee and they're handing you the coffee in some sort of like you know paddle like device with a hole on the end it still works so uh yeah do it well thank you for uh, listening to jurassic cast uh <laughs> the the only jurassic park podcast that's probably not true actually are we gonna it's break probably. down like the theme every week now is that It'd be funny if we did a different theme, a different theme every week. This just becomes a recurring bit. Yeah. Oh, Tim Burton Batman. Yeah, oh, of I course. Do yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, were you old enough for that? Uh, no, that would have scared you. It. It. I remember. I have vivid memories of uh, Batman '89. Obviously, it came out 
two years after I was born. I never watched it that early, but I, but still when I watched it, it was probably quite young. And I remember my older brother having nightmares about the Joker. And now looking back at the Joker, it's just like, wow, <laughs> like tame, uh, in comparison. No, but I mean, if you see like the whole acid scene, they were big on acid around they were, that time. Like I remember Robocop yeah. as well. A oh, lot of acid. Wow. Yeah, that, that that movie screwed me up. That's totally RoboCop is one of those movies, the original in particular, where where they really screw with parents. Because my I don't know about your parents, but my parents didn't really like they didn't watch stuff with us. They're not geeky like we are. They're like, oh, RoboCop, look, he's a robot and a police officer. The yeah. kids are gonna love this. You but know? he gets like shot up. Like that's that's one. It's that rated say, R. It's rated R, but. I think that one, you're right. Like you look at the box and you hold, you put your thumb over the rating and it's like, look, mom, can we rent this one? Yeah. Uh, it, it's totally going to fly. But if your parents are like, okay, I'm going to watch the first 15 minutes with you and determine whether it's suitable, they're immediately going to get hit with that scene where he gets yeah, shot my, to bits. You know? My parents would would never do that. Also, that's where I, that movie was how I first learned about cocaine because this guy snorts coke <laughs> off a stripper's breast. Uh, so uh, I was like, what the hell is going yeah, on? We there? wouldn't but, have been allowed to watch that, but I'm pretty sure we watched it eventually. Like, I don't think it was yeah. something we watched right away, but. It's also one of those shows, like, there's a bunch of these movies that were totally inappropriate that ended up getting animated television shows for some reason. I'm pretty sure there was a RoboCop animated series, which makes no sense. But anyway, I am on a complete side rant. Ryan, did you have anything you wanted to add on the diaper segment before we do the business? No, no, uh, I'm all good. It's hot. Um, And uh, yeah, that's about it. All right. It's true. Part of me is tempted not to do the business and just to sing the Jurassic Park theme for like three minutes until people turn off the show. But I will not do that. Instead, I will tell people to visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad. That slash dad. You can email the show dad at tgistudios.com. We want to hear how you guys are holding up during the heat wave, during COVID, during whatever. Just let us know uh, what's going on in your parenting lives. You can also just reach out to us over Twitter. Uh, I am at Croft and Steers and Ryan is at R Murphy. So that will do it for this week's episode of the Jurassic Cast featuring Dungeons and Diapers. I am Crofton. He's Ryan. Have a great week, everybody. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Ryan. Goodbye, Ryan. I miss my calling. I think so. Uh, I'm just going to load up the theme here. and Because, uh, you know, it's funny. Like, this is one of those things where even as I was trying to explain what I was trying to explain, I was like, no, wait, I think I'm losing it. Maybe there is only one theme. But it's an eight-minute, like... No, epic. for me, it, Jurassic, Jurassic Park, theme from Jurassic Park, which is track two of the soundtrack on Spotify, is three minutes and 27 seconds. Yeah. So you're thinking of something else. There's a, there is a eight minute one called Journey to the Island. Eight eight minutes fifty seconds. Yeah, it's Welcome to Jurassic Park is the one I'm listening to, which is it's got the oh, it's got both. Oh yeah. Oh welcome to Jurassic Park. Oh, I didn't see that one. I just listened to theme from Jurassic Park. Here, I'll I'll send you the link. This is these are the two No no I I'm bits. in 
I'm listening to Welcome to Jurassic Okay, okay. Like, these are the two musical bits that people think of. Like, this is, the first is, like, is the... Yeah, yeah. And then the second part is the big, like, gates opening theme type shit. So. Yeah. Yeah, in the first two minutes alone, I'm jumping around, but you can... Yeah, it starts to pick up around the one one minute thirty second mark, and and it continues that low. Yeah, you're just talking. You're you're talking about the twenty second theme is the one that people don't remember, right? I no. Go to twenty. Go to twenty seconds. Twenty seconds. Yeah, the very beginning. Like twenty to thirty three. That's the that's the musical piece that people don't think of. I think they no. The theory is they remember. They one remember of the one of the two, and the and the first one that comes to mind is there's no personal connection to it. You 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 have to love Jurassic Park for this to work. But really, how it works is that you think of one, and then you struggle to remember the other. And, All right, and and that that's always now that was me and my and my roommates in university. Yeah, for, who would joke I this. I think I agree with that theory, yeah. and definitely for me it's the no 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 no. Like for me, it's the big one. That's the one that I um that I remember, and I would think, venture that most people would remember more is the big because it's made to be remembered. It's yeah. the opening the gates. It's the big, you know, like uh, um the yeah no, it's the big one. Did did you like? Like how old would you? Nineteen ninety three. Ninety three. I would. I wouldn't have watched. I remember. So the first one, I didn't see in theaters. I watched afterwards. But I was obsessed with dinosaurs. So I got a pass when it came to these films. In that I was allowed to watch them. Uh, probably like I'm thinking to myself like, the kids are way into into sorry they're way into dinosaurs. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking Ashley's like oh man it'd be really cool if you could get like a like a, a family cut of Jurassic Park it just cuts <laughs> out all the people dying. And I remember seeing Jurassic Park Lost World in theaters <laughs> when it came out and, yeah. and obviously loving it because I was a kid and I loved dinosaurs. Um, but I, uh, the first one is, is still the greatest. But when I watched Jurassic World in theaters, I, I turned to Ashley and I said, I forgot how violent these were. Like people died. Like I forgot yeah. that because it was all about the majesty of these dinosaurs coming to life. It was. Yeah. yeah, it it's true. Um, but d- definitely they leaned into it more as it went on. Here's the thing with me and Jurassic Park is I absolutely love Jurassic Park one. Jurassic Park was the movie I so it came out in 1993, mm-hmm. which is the year that I went from elementary school to junior high, and it meant that I was I had sort of left my friends behind from elementary school because I went to a different school, and I met a bunch of new friends. So it is. I, I had like a sitcom-esque comedy of errors where I was invited to an elementary school birthday party, like from those friends. And then the next day, it was like a Friday. And then on the Saturday, I was invited to, with my new friends from junior high, somebody else's birthday. And both of them wanted to see Jurassic Park. And uh, I had, so I went to see Jurassic Park 1 
two day like two times in a row like back to back the friday and the saturday and i know it sounds ridiculous but as a kid i was like well i can't i can't see it the next day that's crazy i would have just seen it the day before i'm like i can't see a movie again like that and i'd never seen a movie twice in theater oh it's it's so rewatchable at at that point in my life and all this but then i watched it with my elementary school friends on day one. And I was like, Oh my God. And then, then I saw it the next day. And because I saw it back to back with these two sets of friends, it just left a huge, huge impression. But then I saw the lost world in theaters, but I never saw. And to this day, I have never seen Jurassic park three. Oh, um, really? It's actually yeah, not no, that bad. Oh, I don't, I, you know, I think that it's probably not that bad. And I actually like, like when I watched the Jurassic World, which, which, um, you know, work the nostalgia, just, just the right amount, how they discover the, the, the vehicles and, and like all of that. But I haven't seen Jurassic World 2. And, uh, yeah. and so, so, so it's, it's just, it's one of those things where I'm kind of feel like, like Jurassic Park to me as a work is like perfect didn't need anything else to exist doesn't need anything more everything else was a cash cow but jurassic world that was the one that preyed on my nostalgia and then it was like okay i'll go back and i will see this and i really really enjoy that but then jurassic world 2 comes out i'm like ah fuck that but now i hear that the third one's going to include the original cast and i'm like oh yeah like the, the so jurassic park 3 kind of builds upon lost world it's better than lost world but it's it still doesn't obviously it's not going to capture the magic of the first one but jurassic world worked really well in that you're right like it it played just the right amount of you know nostalgia strings and the sequel to that one and and just going to interrupt here because like right now when you get to the four minute 30 second mark of of welcome jurassic park that's when you get the the gate opening epic beat there's like a minute and a half preamble between the the one part of the theme and the second part so if you're listening along folks that's that's uh that's the mark but when it comes to the sequel to jurassic world the first 15 minutes is a really great jurassic park story but then they go lost world for the last hour of that movie and it is very much hit and miss mostly miss but then they set up a very michael creighton michael creighton michael creighton the the author they set up a very him story for the third one you know introducing some things that totally make sense and and fit in the world but haven't been explored uh in the other films and then the third one is basically like all all shit's gone loose so like the third one can the third one in the trilogy or the second sequel or the second trilogy can really be the end to jurassic park if they wanted to in the sense of the story they're gonna have to tell is like either obliteration or or cohabitation right so it's ah, i don't know it could it could be so bad but it could also be really great i don't know it's gonna be tough i just googled like ranking of jurassic jurassic park movies Mm -hmm. uh and i got this article from parade magazine and the last one is jurassic park 3 they've ranked it it's dead last oh even even including the sequels yeah, so they have, and then four is the Lost World, and then three is Jurassic World, and then they have this. 
they have this Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, the one that I did not see. Oh, it's bad. What? That's a terrible ranking. That, that they they have bad. it higher, and then of course they the, they have the original as the uh, as as number one. Yeah. The, so that that sequel is bad. It's it's not great. It's it is bad, and it goes in wacky, weird places, and then kind of loops back around at the end to be like, okay, if this is the story they had to tell to yeah. give us the third one, I'm cool. But you had you had you did your you did your your nonsense. Now cut it out. The third one's got to yeah. be a lot better. Now my ranking would be obviously Jurassic Park, then Jurassic World, and then Jurassic Three, and then lost world because of because closer to the to the first one and then fallen kingdom or maybe those two would be tied for last i don't know but okay like, so so then the next one from movie web here worse uh-huh. is has has fallen kingdom last okay, jurassic perfect. jurassic park three then uh as the um I've the guy writes. I've often joked, even though I'm quite serious when I say that the Jurassic Park three is the worst movie I have seen the most times. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it's, but, it's, it's valid. The, then after that, the Lost World, Jurassic Park, then Jurassic World, and then Jurassic Park. And I think that that to me is is what I've heard a lot of people say too. Like I Jurassic mean, Park, bad. Jurassic World. And, and so I have only seen Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, which are, you know, like the top two on this list. Oh, no, I've seen The Last World Jurassic Park as well, which was not good. I've only ever seen it once and I saw it in theaters. So that gives you a sense of how long ago I saw it. Um, but uh, but yeah, anyway, no, just that was an interesting Jurassic experiment yeah. there, right? I'm I'm including all of that in the in the show. So, well, enjoy. <laughs> Like all of what we just did there? All of what we just did. It'll be post-credits. So if folks want to skip it, they can. But it'll be post-credits. Yeah. All right. It's all golden, just... man. It's all uh, it's all good post-show content. It's all good post-show content. All right. Well, fine. All right. I'll stop recording. So you...